to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and I am very pleased to present part two of my interview with Louise Smythe. And in part two, we talk about what it was like for Louise to review portfolios at the most recent CTNX Expo. And we also had a very fun discussion about movies and television and storytelling and some of our favorite films. It was a great opportunity for the two of us just to talk about something that we love very much, that being film. And I hope that all of you enjoy our fun and friendly discussion. And also, I want to let all of you know about something that I just recently found out about. If you are an animation or comics professional, you can apply to get a professional badge to attend WonderCon for free. All of the information is on their website, and I will put a link in the show notes. Now, the catch is the deadline is this Friday, March 3rd. So you need to go ahead and apply now. And what they'll do is after you've read all the instructions and sent them all the necessary materials, they will review your application and in three to four weeks let you know if you get a free pass or not. So I applied and I will be finding out in the next couple of weeks if I get to go for free or not. So all of you out there, if you are a professional, you should do that too. And I also want to let all of you out there know about the Nickelodeon Artist Program. As Mallory Carlson mentioned in a previous podcast episode, there are two tracks. There's the general artist track and there's the storyboard track. And the deadline for both of those is April 1st. So if you visit the Nickelodeon Animation website, you will find information on that. And I will include that in the show notes as well. So best of luck to everyone who's applying to get a professional badge at WonderCon and who's applying for the artist program. Good luck to you. And now without further ado, I present episode 39, interview with Louise Smythe, part two. And speaking of CTN, that is actually a great segue because <laughs> this past CTN, you were on the recruiting side reviewing people's portfolios. So yeah. how did it feel being on the other side and seeing all of the fresh-faced students and people that were interested in working at Pixar, just working in story in general. I really enjoyed it because last time I was at CTN was, I think, the first year it happened, or maybe the second year. It was the second year CTN happened. And I was a volunteer that year, so I could get in <laughs> without having to pay a lot. But uh, at first, I was really surprised by how much it had grown. I was like, wow, it's gotten so much bigger. Oh, my gosh. You know, because last time I was there, it was all in that one contained Marriott convention area. But now they have like a tent outside. And so it was really overwhelming. But uh, it was cool just getting to meet tons of students and professionals who wanted to just have us look at their work. And I was actually really intimidated at first because um, when I, I know when I was at CTN and as a student, you know, the other side of the uh, coin, I guess, I, um, I really wanted people to give me like hard critical feedback. Like I was like, no, tear it apart. Like, tell me if it's terrible. I want to know so I can make it better. And I wanted like the brutally honest feedback. And on the other side, I was scared to give brutally honest feedback because I wanted people to like me or I was like, oh, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And, uh, you know, it's so funny, like how as a student, it's so easy to just go, yeah, lay it on me. But when you're giving someone crit critiques, it's really hard for me to give really tough feedback. So I, after the first couple of people I talked to, I started to loosen up and calm, calm down a little and knew kind of what to say. And it was really nice to actually talk with people and ask them questions too about like their own work. And I felt like by getting advice, it, it helped me learn too. Cause it was like, I was reminding myself of all these principles and storyboarding. Cause sometimes when you do it for a while, you can kind of go on autopilot on the job and you kind of forget what you're doing and you're just kind of drawing because you're trying to hit a deadline or whatever. And um, actually talking with people and having conversations and giving them feedback, I was like, oh, yeah, this is important. Oh, yeah, I should remember this too. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. And I felt like we were kind of learning together. And I started geeking out and having a great time. I was like, oh, this is so fun. <laughs> Let's talk about storyboarding. Yay. <laughs> so that was really great. I really, 
really liked that. It was exhausting for sure. I mean, you're on your feet for a long time talking to people and I would sit down because I would get tired, but <laughs> your mouth like gets tired and you uh, get thirsty and <laughs> there's all those fun parts too that you don't think about, you know? And um, it was really cool. So for the new year then, do you have any personal projects or any artistic goals that you're wanting to achieve? Oh yeah, I want to make more of a habit of drawing in my sketchbook more because I've kind of fallen off the wagon with that. So that's one of them. And it's not necessarily for personal projects, just for my own. No one has to approve this. I can just draw whatever I want, you know, this kind of thing. And then um, I've uh, started going back to life drawing as well, just to try to push my, I feel like I've gotten so rusty (laughs) with my gesture drawing and observational drawing. So I've been taking, you know, some classes, just trying to brush up on those skills. So that's been nice. I just started doing that last week. So that's good. I'm very rusty. It's like, Oh, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) So that's basically all I'm doing now. But if I ever have any personal, more, you know, bigger personal projects come out, I will definitely let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I want to promote it. If you end up doing a (laughs) sketchbook or comic or children's book or just what have you, you know, just say, it can be, you know, the day of Luis part two. Well, Luis, are there any, is there anything else that you would like to share or any burning questions that you thought, okay, when, you know, Angela and I talk this evening, I want to make sure that I talk about this. I think that's everything. I, I love to just geek out about movies with you, Angela. I know we like, <laughs> like, uh, uh, what were some of your favorite movies growing up? Like, I'm just curious. Oh like, man, what- there were, there were a lot. Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah, was a big too. one. I've oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yes, The Neverending Story, Dumbo, yes. Robin Hood, Winnie oh, the Pooh, wow. and Explorers. Which I don't. I, depending on how old some oh of the listeners are out there, this had River Phoenix, which Joaquin Phoenix's older brother. Look it up. I, yes. I I've heard the movie doesn't hold up so i haven't seen it since i was a child but okay a lot of those movies like all the movies i just named i've seen them all anywhere between like 20 and 40 times and most of that was before (laughs) the age of 10 so i have them burned in my brain as just (laughs) being great because i was just a very i loved adventure stories as a kid i was a big adventure science fiction fighting movies, anime type stuff. And the thing is, I didn't even, a lot of, there were some movies that I watched as a kid that I didn't realize they weren't for children until I saw them as an adult and went, whoa, why did anyone let me watch this? Like, I remember I saw Wrath of Khan when I was five or six. Oh, that movie's so good. Yeah, that movie's fantastic. But I love Star Trek. You know, but I saw like Wrath of Khan and I saw The Voyage Home Yes. And the burbs and, you know, back to the future. And like, it's a lot of stuff as a very you small child. Stuff. That, That's good. That's a good diet of movies. Yeah. So. I watched a lot of stuff. Well, I over to um, <laughs> my, I feel like as a family, we must have gone to the movies at least every weekend because I've, oh, yeah. I've yeah. seen a lot of movies, but also I was in daycare and every Friday we watched a movie. And as long yeah. as it was PG-13 or under, we could watch it. So we watched everything. And, you know, I remember at one point I made a list of all the movies. This was when I was in my 20s. I made a list of all the movies I'd seen. I'd seen something like 700 movies (laughs) by the time. Like I'd seen a lot of movies. And I remember thinking, wow. And I remember the titles for almost all of them. So I just I just love movies. I loved going to the movies. I loved watching the logos. I loved the previews. Just everything about it and of course you know disney stuff was huge i loved you know i loved aladdin and the lion king and the little mermaid and beauty and the beast and then even a lot of the stuff that's not as popular like i really like atlantis mm-hmm. i think that movie's great i know it has story problems it's but got some I, cool characters in it. it's though. got really cool yeah. characters and it's a really I think the issue with that movie is just the pacing, but the idea is really uh-huh. good. And I really like yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame. I thought, yeah. Notre, um, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I took French and I don't remember anything. We'll it's fine. <laughs> 
Any French listeners out there, pardon our terrible American. Five semesters of it, and I can say (laughs) my name, and I know the word for like cat and library. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah, I took Spanish and a little bit of Latin. Mm -hmm. Latin actually, actually, it was very useful, even for a quote unquote dead language. I really enjoyed Latin. Man, (laughs) if you want to do well in your SATs, take Latin. Eh, I didn't do that well in my SATs, but that's okay. I went to art school. I, uh, yeah, I love, I love science fiction too. Like I was, um, and, and just adventure movies too. Like I loved Indiana Jones as well. And I was obsessed with star Wars. It was kind of terrifying. I think at a certain point, my parents were like, is she ever going to watch anything else? Like, I just love, I, I thought Han Solo was the coolest thing since sliced bread. And I just wanted to be him. I was like, I want to be Han Solo. That is my life. That is my goal. I, um, but my favorite movie is ET. Like that movie just is such a, such a special movie for me. I love the heartfelt family dynamics that are in that movie and like, you know, the suburbs and all that. But I just, I love that it's like this beautiful story about this little alien and this kid and their friendship and he has to let him go at the end. And it's just so emotional and there's so much depth to that movie. You can just analyze it for hours and it's like so incredibly fascinating. And that's, I think that's one of my favorite Spielberg movies of all time. And I, I love the lighting too. It's the way it's shot. It's just so beautiful. And, but it's funny when you mentioned Explorers, I, I watched it recently, actually, Ooh, not that long ago. How was it? And I actually think it holds up until the very end. Okay. When you, I don't want to spoil it. And if anyone hasn't seen it, you'll know what I mean when you watch it, when you get to the end, you're kind of like, Oh, I want to turn this off. Up to, that <laughs> oh, no. point, up to that point, it's so good. There, It's got such a great story up to a certain point. And so I, I really, my, my boyfriend is a big science fiction fan as well. And so he was like, you haven't seen Explorers? What? So we watched it and I was like, oh, that was really good until this part. And he's like, I know. <laughs> so, you know, fair warning if anybody watches it. But, you know, it's definitely worth checking out I, I would say so I, I definitely agree with you there Angela <laughs> yeah because that's the thing because there's I just I think that the thing is I remember I watched a ton of television animation as a kid and then when I got older and you know Toon Disney and Cartoon Network and everything came out you know they started re-airing a lot of this stuff and I remember being so excited yeah. because I hadn't seen any of this stuff in over a decade and then you watch it and you go oh man Mm-hmm. wow that was bad <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> this was this was not good and so it's you know yeah. kind of your heart kind of breaks yeah. just a little but you know on the other hand it's you know it was made for <laughs> a certain age so it's perfectly sure. fine if as an adult yeah. you don't like it it wasn't made for you but it's always yeah. exciting and great when something you watched as a child is still great you yeah. know it's that <laughs> feeling of yep still good that's it. Yeah. E.T. Like, I'm like, yeah, the movie will never, ever like let me down. I love it. I, and I used to be terrified of E.T. when I was a kid. Like his, his creature design really freaked me out. Like I was really scared of him. And um, I, when I got older, I was like, oh, wait, this movie is really good. I don't care. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know what I actually love to do is watch Nostalgia Critic sometimes. You ever watch the Nostalgia Critic? I have not heard chick? of the Nostalgia Critic. Tell me more about He's, this. He and the Nostalgia Chick. I, I like her a lot too. They have these YouTube channels where they talk about movies that came out when we were young because they're kind of around our age group. <laughs> it's so fun because they they bring up movies where you're like, I forgot about that movie, and suddenly I remember all of it from my childhood. And they they like go through it and analyze it and break down why it's terrible or or not terrible. Sometimes they review movies that still hold up, mm-hmm. but it's more fun to watch a movie that's terrible. You know, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more fun to take apart because you know yeah. movies that are great. You just watch it and you just walk away going, "I just feel warm inside." This was yeah, fantastic, yeah. but you don't always yeah. critically. I mean, I found at least for me, I tend to not analyze movies I really really enjoy because I start Uh to and then I just get lost and caught up in the story and then I just walk away going this was great (laughs) but for movies that are bad like from moment one you're going oh okay I see what this is I kind of like that sometimes if if you're in the right mindset for it it can be a great learning tool you know Mm -hmm. like watching a really terrible movie you're like well how would I make that better and you can come up with your own version and it's it makes you think, you know, more critically. And that's, that's also really good. 
Yeah. And I, I used to not do that as much. I used to just turn my mind off and like watch a movie and like, man, whatever it's a movie. And now I'm like, no, use your brain. Let's think about that. <laughs> well, I found that now I can't. I mean, before. Uh, yeah. Now that you've seen how the sausage is made. Yeah. It's like, well, because the yeah. thing is like, because I was always really critical of movies anyway, but yeah, I good. just became more so while I was in school to the point where, I mean, even I'll give you a good example. So I love the Avengers. I think the Avengers oh, is great. Yeah. I love the first yeah. movie. It's awesome. It's great. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah. Adore it. Just love eating. it. The first goodness. 20 minutes of it, I was analyzing it. And then after that, <laughs> you know, all of that went away. And I was just like, this is so cool. Loki yeah. is so cool. Iron Man is so <laughs> cool. Everything's cool. Hero shot. Giant worms in space. Yay. Like the whole thing was just great. And but that's how it is. Like, but there aren't that many movies that I watch now that are that are like that for me where I can just shut that off. Usually I have to see a movie two or three times before I can just enjoy it just mm-hmm. as a movie without picking it apart. So on the one hand, yeah. that's a good thing. It's like, oh, I'm picking apart the story. On the other hand, it's, I remember when I could just sit and watch something yeah. and not it's try like last to dissect night. it. Last night I watched, I had never, so I'm about to embarrass myself, but I had never seen The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, that's a good movie. So yeah, so I sat down last night to watch it and I loved it and just got totally lost in it. And I was like, this is so good. (laughs) And I would love to watch it again and analyze it because it's like, it's so well done. It's just so smart. And I I just enjoyed every minute of it. And Anthony Hopkins is so amazing, like his performance. Oh my gosh, it was really cool. Um, So that was, I I totally know that, that feeling of just like, you kind of forget about how movies are made for a while and you just enjoy it, you know, and you have fun. But at the same time, I also love, I love when people get curmudgeon and hate a movie and just say mean things about it. I find that really inter- entertaining for some reason. And I'm like, yes, tell me what you hated more. Like, even if, even if it's a movie I worked on, if people don't like it, I'm like, yeah, tell me what you didn't like. I'd love to hear it. Like, <laughs> play it on me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fun to talk about movies, you know, good or bad. Like, I just love it. This is true. Because there, there are certain movies that I absolutely despise. And I greatly enjoy telling people just why I despise them so. Because I get into, you know, it's like, these are all of the reasons. And I can back all of my reasons up because of evidence and feeling. But I will say, though, that I find that I am really tough on movies. But I'm tough on movies when I'm talking one-on-one with people. I'm not tough on movies online like I used to be because I used to write oh, about movies yeah. on I used to have a blog and I'd write about movies on my oh, blog I and I oh, don't cool. do that anymore. And it was because mm-hmm. once I got into school and started applying for jobs and then started working, I realized, you know, my <laughs> like you said, you know, my yeah. my friends are on these movies or people I admire or I just applied to this company and even though I think this show is terrible, yeah. it would be really wise for me to not go on Twitter and say, this movie's terrible because... Yeah, yeah. I had that thought a long time ago. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But but I figured, but I can tell someone one-on-one. I'll yeah, tell them totally one-on-one, not. but I don't think I'll broadcast it out. <laughs> yeah, just don't leave anything in, in writing. No paper trails. Yeah, but, that's right. So like, they'll never be personal, able to track Personal it. conversations. Yeah, but personal conversations. Oh, like, yeah. You know, well, because you have to be People, people can take you. it. You get a thing, you know, you have to be honest. And, yeah. Like, obviously, you don't want to be a jerk for no reason. Yeah, and that's not to say that nobody should ever criticize a movie online. I think it's just... Sure. The oh, way yeah, that people tend to criticize it online is less of, I'm going to give a thorough analysis yeah. and critique and more of, this is the worst. It's people the can, worst that's ever be been. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. People can be brutal for no reason other than just they like to hear themselves, you know, be sassy. I don't yeah. Know. I think that's it. It's like, how sassy and sarcastic can I be? And I'm like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, though. You know, like, I, 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 I don't mind it. I guess I, I find it entertaining. Oh, it's very entertaining, <laughs> but I also. Uh, but I think that's wise, you know, to yeah. make sure you, know, you you keep your tracks covered if you're because what you, you do have to kind of walk a line. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be diplomatic, especially in animation. It's a small world, and you don't want to, yeah. you know, hurt anyone's feelings or piss people off or well, also whatever. I am not yet famous. When I am famous you, and yeah. made of Teflon, 
and can just say whatever things I want. <laughs> Maybe, but for no, now, it's like, you don't know me from Adam. So yeah, let's not go off the handle just yet. Yeah, totally. No, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to earn the right to be that way after years of struggle. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always good to be uh, have a little diplomacy, but at the same time, like, you don't want to lie. Oh, no, no, you know, don't lie. I mean, if you yeah. don't think it's good, don't say this movie's good. If deep down, you're like, or not even deep oh, down, yeah. you're like, I did not care. For, you know, it's fine to say, yeah. I think I there's a like, way well, to talk about it without destroying the people that created it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so therein lies the answer yeah i love i mean that's why i'm doing this because you grow up watching all this stuff and then you realize one day hey people make this i'm a I person i could make this like when i was a kid i just thought movies come out of the movie factory like like with cartoons i, I actually i remember when i was a kid i thought animated movies were easier to make than live action ones for some Ooh. reason <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. I just was like, oh, it, you just draw it. You can, yeah, it's fine. You don't have to deal with actors, whatever. But it's really hard. <laughs> I mean, this is when I was like a kid, not when I was in college, obviously. But I could see why but, you would think yeah. that because you just, you know, it's whatever is in your imagination. Just draw what you want. Whatever's in yeah, your, you whatever you can dream, you can create, which is true. Yeah. It's just a lot I, <laughs> I even remember watching like a Tom and Jerry cartoon and it said directed by, and I was like, directed who directs Tom and Jerry? Like, how is there a director? Like, I didn't get it. You're picturing the two of them just sitting in a chair. Like, they're directing these two-dimensional drawings, and then I realized, oh, people draw this, and the director directs the people drawing, yeah. and I see. You know, but, you know, when you're a kid, you don't think about that, unless you're, you know, brilliant Brad Bird or something. Yeah. You know? like, I am, um, yeah. So I, uh, I definitely woke up to the fact that animation is very hard, but it is so cool. And it's such a fun, you know, way to make movies. And it's such a crazy way to make movies. But it's like, it's just so awesome, you know? Like, you, you can create these whole imagined worlds just out of your head. And it's it's just mind-blowing, the stuff that you can do nowadays, too. Like, I, I will always be a lover of hand-drawn. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love it. But it's kind of cool to see some of the new stuff that's coming out, too. I greatly, greatly miss hand-drawn animation, though. It's so pretty. I do too, but I'm happy that nice a lot quality. of people still do it, you know, especially yeah, a lot of people still do it and there's still love for it out there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because I see yeah. a lot of things coming out of, you know, African countries and Asian countries mm -hmm. and European countries and even here, I mean, student shorts and people doing yeah. films themselves. Right. And, and, you know, now what amazes me now is that you can get a book or watch a bunch of videos and get some software and make a movie from your house. Yeah, you can make a movie in your living room. Like, it's so different from what it was like for, like, you know, our parents' generation, I would say. It's definitely a lot easier. I think I saw a video of Ralph Bakshi going on a rant about that, and it was great. <laughs> he was just like, you can make your own films. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah Ralph. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you really can. Awesome. And that's the thing. I mean, you don't have to have a job to create yeah you can have you can create independently of wherever you're working in fact everyone that i know who is working is also working on something or they want to work mm -hmm. on something it is i have not met that many people in the industry that tell me why no <laughs> i do i only draw at work right <laughs> i don't animate i don't have any ideas and the few people i've met they're not working right now mm -hmm. Because they're just like, everything dried up and now I have nothing. It's oh, like, no, no, why are you creating something? Oh, that, yeah, no, they, yeah, man. Oh, sorry. I just remembered something that I wanted to mention. And it's yes. such a small thing. It is not any grand life story. But I mentioned Ralph Bakshi and I got excited and I was like, oh, yeah, I need to talk about him. So I really like Ralph Bakshi a lot. And I uh, watched Wizards. Have you ever seen Wizards? Yes, I have. I watched it as a kid, and I shouldn't have watched it as a kid because it's got a lot of violence <laughs> in it. But he totally shaped the kinds of things that I liked, which I like science fiction a lot as well, Angelo. I think we have that in common. But I also love fantasy, just 
absolutely adore it. And like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Princess Bride, Game of Thrones, anything vaguely related to that genre, I'm just like, yes, give it to me. And um, I think Wizards has this huge part of that to play because it was it was like a staple movie of my childhood, <laughs> which might be kind of weird to some people. But I, my dad rented it one day and was like, let's watch this. And I loved it. <laughs> it's so great. And, I, you know, you watch it again and you can see you can kind of see some of the flaws in it because it had a low budget. But that was just another movie that kind of influenced me growing up. I thought I'd just mention well, what it, I liked, give it a special mention. What I liked about his films was that he was very much, I'm going to do what I want to do I, on my I own know. terms. And I'm going to figure out, I'm going to get a team together and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And it's going to be different. I respect- and I don't want to tell the stories that Disney is telling. I want to tell stories that resonate with me. And I really respect and, that, yeah. Yeah, I do too. And the animation wasn't always pretty, but that was part of the point Mm -hmm. also was that this is different this is for adults yeah this is a different idea these are going to be more mature stories yeah it's going to be different and he's done it his entire pretty much his entire career and whether you like his films or not there aren't a lot of people yeah that have been able to pull off what he pulled off so i respect him a lot for that and bill plimpton as well like oh yeah yeah, i I just seeing a lot of those guys who just were went out on their own and did stuff I think kind of that encouraged me when I was still a student and trying to figure out my career and all that you know what do I want to do I want to get hired but I'm also like scared I won't get hired and da, da, da. and it helped me toughen up a bit you know and be like you know what it's I can I can still make my own things I can get a day job and work on my passion project at night like it's there's a way to do it you know and guys like that in the industry or just in their own world uh, I could say were really inspiring to me and really uh, motivated me in, in, a different, in a lot of ways too yeah I love me Ralph too. Bakshi love, so much respect to Ralph Bakshi <laughs> Ralph if you're out there thank you <laughs> yeah for me too yeah. and I have to tell you too I like what you said about people that did on their own because two other people I admire a lot are uh Peter Laird oh. and Kevin Eastman, who create, you know, so by your, by your, you know, reaction, I know that you know who yes. these people are, but for the few of you who don't, they're the creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And what I love about their story, I heard their story on a podcast I listened to. It's um Rob Paulson's Talking Tunes. He had Kevin Eastman on. They were in their 20s. They were living in an apartment with barely any furniture wow. and working random jobs. Mm-hmm. And they put that comic together and it was just this crazy idea that they had and they printed up copies and they did press releases and they went to a comic convention and they sold it and they did all of that themselves yeah that's awesome and i I mean that that is about as punk rock as you can get (laughs) just two guys like we're gonna take this crazy idea and just run with it and they had been applying for so many comic book jobs and they had been rejected by everybody And now they're doing just fine. Yeah, Trailblazers. Just fine. And their show, it's had, I don't even know how many iterations at this point and how many movies Mm -hmm. and how many toys and people trying to do weird knockoffs with other (laughs) crazy animal combinations. (laughs) Yeah. And so you you hear their story and you just think, they were dirt poor and they got it to work. That's really cool. You know, if... Whether you have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of money. Just go and make something. Yeah. There, there's ways to do it. it. It's not an easy road for sure. Like it's not like oh no, yeah, but make a thing and don't worry about health insurance. Like you know, it's it's definitely hard. But you know, I, I think people who are self motivated often are the ones I have always really looked looked up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of health insurance, as someone who has <laughs> and who has not. Had health insurance <laughs> for long periods of time, you can make it. <laughs> I can I speak to you from personal experience on this front. I have eaten my share of ramen. <laughs> okay, you can make it. You can survive out there. Yeah, life finds a way, as Doctor Ian Malcolm would say. <laughs> and isn't he the one we should always listen yes. to? Because he's the one that figured out, hey, dinosaurs on an island, not the best not idea. idea. <laughs> Why is anyone listening to me? 
love that movie. <laughs> I do too. My favorite, I have to, I have to, favorite scene is when you know John Hammond goes, you know, when Disneyland opened, nothing worked. <laughs> Yeah, John, but when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Yeah, that's such a good line. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's the best line. I love that line. So good. I'm like, you make a very valid yeah, point, sir. I know. <laughs> yeah, that movie was fantastic. I, I just, that spawned my love for dinosaurs. That and Land Before Time, for sure. I, oh, yeah. yeah. I really love those Yeah, movies. I think people forget how good the first movie is. It's legit good. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in a while, but... I'm like, there's definitely a reason I think it was so widely loved. And that and um, another Don Bluth movie, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, I think actually kind of holds up. <laughs> In my opinion, it definitely holds up. Yeah, that, that movie's nuts. I mean, at the it's end, they weird. have that weird demon thing it's coming weird. after Charlie going, whoa, oh, that's yeah. really dark. You know what else I love? Speaking of like, you know, just animation from our childhoods, I also love, uh, I, uh, did you ever watch Rock and Rule? You ever see that? No, but I've heard of it. it I think there's there's got to be a way that you can find it. it. It's out there somewhere. I think it might be on Amazon at this point. You can rent it, or maybe you can buy it or something like digital streaming. Uh, but um, it's so good, like in a really awesomely like '80s Canadian and you know Nelvana animation <laughs> way. Like I just. I, didn't, I saw that when I was in college. I hadn't seen it until I was older. So I, I guess that might be why I liked it, because I was kind of going through my, like, I don't know, hardcore, awesome music phase. I, I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I was loving it. Like, that movie, uh, there's just something really fun about, like, the villain to me. Um, he's got this really crazy character design. I was like, man got a really crazy face like whoever animated that guy is so talented and i i was really uh you know and with all its flaws and quirks and uh story issues i think it's a it's a fun movie and i that's the other thing like you don't have to just like movies that are like approved by the academy awards or whatever you know you can like movies that people might have some disdain for or might look down on but if you if you get something out of them and they add value to your life like you know, don't be ashamed of your quote unquote guilty pleasure movies, you know, like that's definitely one of mine. <laughs> I I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was up to just liking movies from the Academy, I feel like the only movies people would like were the sad movies. Yeah, the slow drama. I feel like this year it's like, <laughs> which sad, depressing movie do you want to watch? Or it's like Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder where he's like, I'm going to play this kind of character. <laughs> or this kind of character. That'll win me an Oscar. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. like Kate Winslet. Kind of true. Like Kate Winslet on that um, uh, that show Extras where she played like, she was like, you have to, you have, to have a, <laughs> like a, what was, I don't remember now. I can't remember the exact line, but it was she had a, made a joke about um, getting Oscar roles <laughs> as well. So it's definitely a thing. Yeah, I, I feel like, or even like movies that have been like esteemed over time. Like, there's amazing movies out there that I think you know people should watch. Like, don't be afraid of black and white movies. Like Sunset Boulevard oh, no. is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Like, I never get tired of watching that. Or you know, like. Um, movies that are you know just really old like sometimes people i think are averse to them because they feel so uh disconnected from our current culture but there's so much value in watching those movies like really i mean especially film noir like there's some amazing staging and cinematography and lighting and just acting and you learn a lot just doing studies something i like to do is uh I'll put a movie on and pause it every time there's a cut and I'll do little film studies, like little thumbnails. And it helps me think like more cinematically in my drawings. Cause you can look at it and go, Oh yeah, that's very cinematic, but drawing it and studying it, you know, you create kind of a muscle memory for it. And it, that's a fun thing to do. So, um, you know, and watching bad movies that are terrible, like we were saying earlier, you definitely can learn a lot from that too. Like how do I make it better? And then just, Loving, loving the guilty pleasures, like no shame, <laughs> no judgment. That's right. Don't have guilt. <laughs> there know? are plenty of movies that I love Maybe, that people yeah. will go, wait, what? Why? And I'm like, because it's great. Yeah, you just, it's, Why you like not? It, more power to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I like what you said about black and white movies because 
They're fantastic. Yeah. Don't let the fact that they're not in color dissuade you from watching them because they're great. And also, if you want to understand every reference in every movie you've ever seen, yeah. watch older movies because then you'll watch it and you'll go, oh, that's why they have this in this show yeah. or this film or this play. It's from this. Yeah, it's really... This is the reference. It's really eye-opening when you watch, like, really old films like that and you go, Oh, that's that famous quote. Like, you know, or, Oh, that's that shot that is always, you know, parodied. I never knew that. Like that's like there, I think I watched um, all the president's men a couple years ago and there's a shot where it's like an overhead shot of them in the uh, library or something. And they're trying to look up stuff and it's like slowly uh, panning away. And, uh, that shot is spoofed in the Simpsons. And I was like, Oh, I've seen this in the Simpsons, <laughs> but they were spoofing mm-hmm. this movie, you know, like they were making a reference to this movie. And it, it's just, it's kind of fun to see those little Easter eggs like that. Uh, so yeah. I, yeah, I love that. <laughs> the Simpsons is brilliant at that. Yeah, There's an great. episode of uh, when they go to uh, the itchy and scratchy theme park <laughs> and it's directly out of Westworld, oh, not really? Westworld, the HBO TV show, the movie from the Westworld, 70s? the movie, the Michael Crichton. And it's great. Yeah, man. <laughs> and yeah, for all you Westworld fans, watch the movie. Yeah, watch the the original. Sh- you know, the TV show is great. Yeah. Watch the original movie. Watch Yul Brynner. Yeah. <laughs> He's so creepy in that movie. It's great. He's great. So He's great. great in everything he does. I'll tell you what. He's a good actor. I'll tell you what. That is a good, that's a good idea to watch both Westworlds because you can see an, it's like an exercise in someone taking an idea and doing it differently. And mm-hmm. like, how is this visually different? What did they change about the story? How is the writing different? What are some elements that they took from the original that worked that, you know, they made work in this new version? Like that's a, that's a great idea, Angela. I, um, cause I just watched the original Westworld just a couple weeks ago, the, the film. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> This is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's different. It's different. Yeah. And yet there are, you know, but you watch it and you go, but I see what they're doing here. Yeah, it's fun to do that. I see the parallels and the similarities, but I also see where they decide we're going to go this way. Yeah. Which makes sense because, you know, it's a new audience. It's a new time. Mm-hmm. We have new ideas, new technology. So it's good that they're not trying to redo it yeah. because... Shot for shot. And- yeah, and that's the thing that I... When I when they do remakes that are good, I feel like they do, you know, here's how to make a good remake. Don't yeah. remake it. Yeah. You know, take elements of it, but don't make, because there's no reason to make a complete, if it's already good, there's no reason to make a complete remake of it. Just take elements of it and then do your own thing with it. I'm so tired of remakes. But, I'm like, if you're going to remake something, just remake like a movie that was bad. And make it better. I've heard that before too. That people <laughs> but, should remake a bad movie, but I like know, make it into yeah. a good movie. But I know that it's like, you know, there's there's the fear of uh, money. You know, like it needs to make money. It needs to have, have an audience. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I get it. But at the same time, I'm just I'm fe- I'm feeling a little fatigued with all the remakes lately. Yeah. But you know, but that's what it is. I heard someone make a good argument. I forget who it was, unfortunately, but their argument for a remake was. Or a um, reimagining or rebooting is you're doing it for a new generation who's not familiar with their original material. Mm -hmm. So you're giving them an opportunity to enjoy it too. And I think there can be some truth in that. And I think, you know, again, to Ninja Turtles, you know, the recent iteration of Ninja Turtles. And I know it's a Nickelodeon show. I'm not just plugging it because I'm Nickelodeon. (laughs) I really like that show. I think that show is really, really good. And it's different Mm -hmm. from the other versions that have been out there. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say the other versions weren't good or were, you know, it's just, it's a different version, but I think it works really well. And so I think when you can do something new with it and you respect the material, that's fine. It's when you remake it and it's terrible that I go, Mm -hmm. oh. Or you're like, okay, now you ruined it. Or you claim it to be better. You're like, this is better than the original. And then like, that's dangerous territory. Come on, respect the material that you're stealing from. (laughs) Although (laughs) I will say this. Here's what I do think is better, but Buffy, but Joss Whedon did both. (laughs) But I like the TV show better. I mean, the movie's very fun. I love the TV show. But the television show. It's great. Television show is better than the film. I like Angel too. It's a little darker. Which I guess is why I like it. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good example. Yeah, yeah, but 
He worked on both. Yeah. So, and also there were issues with the movie that were beyond his control. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So, you know, he basically got another shot to do what I feel like he probably kind of wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think for me, sometimes with the remake issue, I worry when a new generation sees it, that will be their original that they associate it with. And I'm like, oh, what if it's not as good as the one I grew up with? Or, you know? Um, but see, but that's, that's okay because fear, yeah. So yeah, but there's no way you can ever. I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. but at the same time, it's at a certain point you have to let it go. <laughs> you really do. At a well, certain point, is, you have to forever. let it go. Film is forever, though. Like you, you've got. Yeah, but I mean, that was your childhood. Yeah, that's those your teen years. They have their own childhood. That is. They that have is their true. own teen years. There's no way you can put completely replicate your experience for someone because they're going to be influenced by all sorts of other things that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. And you know, you never know. I mean, and it's like, but like you said, I mean, it's film is for, it's still there so they can always go back to it and enough, you know, a good number of them may go back to it and go, yeah, this is better. Yeah. Like, oh, like, you, you think this one's good. You haven't seen the original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when they read I've, I've heard that many times with music from my yeah. dad. We'd be in the car, especially when I was in high school, we'd be driving the car and we'd be listening to the radio and he'd go, you know, this was originally sung by so-and-so. Mm. I have their record. And we'd go home and we'd listen to the record. And he did have their record to the point where I realized dad owns every record. That's awesome. Of every musician yeah. ever made. And no music is original. Yeah. Everything was originally made in the 70s. Oh, yeah. That's another fun thing I like to do is listen to music and, like, come up with imagery that would go with it. I'm sure a lot of people do that. But if I get stuck on something and I'm trying to storyboard, then I'm like, oh, I don't know. And if there's, like, a certain mood to it, I'll put on music that matches that mood and kind of, like, try to get into it. Like if it's a really serious, dramatic scene, I'll like listen to some dramatic music, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna get all the emo right now. Like, <laughs> make make the characters feel. <laughs> that's something that's fun to do too. We like, I, I love, I love listening to music when I draw. I know some people are very, very against that and have to draw in silence, but it depends. It depends on what you're working on, because there have been moments where I feel like, nope, I need the quiet, I need to focus. Mm-hmm. But there's other moments where. Music really does help, especially if it's music that's the same emotion and the same mood, like you were saying, of what you're doing, because it really puts you in tune with what's going on. And I found, too, I get a lot of ideas, too, when I'm listening to music, Mm -hmm. especially when I'm driving, Mm -hmm. because I'll be driving along and I'll be listening to a soundtrack or listening to the radio and think, oh, the character could do this or say this or this could happen or that could happen. And I know that I wouldn't have thought of that at home, but there's just something about being in the car and just kind of being away from all of it and just letting your mind just percolate and think about some of these things for a while without any pressure or stress. Yeah. You're kind of in your little bubble, you know, and you don't have to, and you're just like, I'm just going home or, you know, going to pick up dinner or whatever. And you're staring at the road. So, you know, your mind just kind of wonders. It can wander into some pretty cool things obviously watch the road you know oh yeah for, for those listening yeah i thought about that after i said that too i thought now of course you should be watching the, you road, watch the, road. the rules of the yeah. road don't just be you yeah, know get lost zoning in- out and go through a red light and hurt somebody <laughs> right yeah we're definitely not advocating for that but definitely nope, we are not advocating for traffic accidents. yeah <laughs> but definitely like taking personal time to like just kind of zone out can be really nice you know rewarding well i think that's the thing and i heard someone else mentioned this and i agree with them is sometimes it's good to be bored sometimes it's good to have everything turned off and just think yeah you know don't be on your phone don't be on the computer don't have the television on you know there are a lot of things that i came up with and decided to do and worked on as a kid because i was bored Oh, yeah. A lot of my ideas. I actually got bored, so I made up something. Yeah, a lot of my ideas came from just, like, lying in bed, like, hitting the snooze button and being awake but not wanting to get up. And then I'm like, oh, what if I did this idea? And then I, like, write it down, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Some people get really good ideas just sitting on the toilet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you know, you have to sit for a while. Hey, you might as well there, think of stuff. You know? Don't be on your phone. Just sit there. Yeah, that's but, gross. <laughs> don't be on yeah, your phone. Yeah, don't, don't be that person. <laughs> you know who you are. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I just wonder. I feel like people just fill up every single moment they can. Mm-hmm. And Especially that's not it's very a good thing. It's good to not do that and just yeah. – take a break yeah it's very tempting to like always be plugged in on your device mm-hmm. i'm guilty of it like i if you get that like hit of dopamine like you know that rush like oh what's going on what's online what's my friend up to what if, yeah. yeah like what's on reddit oh cool and and i love doing that because sometimes it can it, it's just a fun way to pass the time and there's nothing wrong with it outright but it can kind of shut your brain off in a way you know if you if you let it so it's good to um just put the phone down and what up? Just think, sketch, draw, sit in the bathtub. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. And I know for me, it's so hard. It's fun to be plugged in and do all those things, but it's also this wanting to know what's out there and be on the cutting edge of everything. You know, you just, you have to, you know, I want to be informed. I don't want to miss out. I want to constantly know everything about everything at every moment. I don't want to get behind. And it's impossible. That is an impossible feat. There is no way that you will know everything that's going on about everything. No one person has that ability. I also And to try to keep up with that is a futile exercise. Yeah, for sure. And I also, I like... I kind of like it if, if a friend updates me on what's going on in the world. Like if I don't, if there's something I miss on the news that day or some, which the news nowadays is like, uh, I don't want to look at it. But Yeah. The news now, it's just, it's like, just like, what now? <laughs> well, well, for me, I find that it's a matter of, okay, am I able to be angry right now for a sustained <laughs> period of time yeah. or do I have things I need to do? You don't want to get burnt out, you know? You know? So if it's like, if I don't mind being angry for the next half hour, I'm gonna watch the news right now. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, no, no, you gotta finish some stuff. You, yeah, it'll still be there. Yeah, totally prioritize. Yeah, I uh, sometimes I just prefer to get information from friends. Like, oh, did you hear about this thing that happened? I'm like, oh, no, tell me about it. And then we have a conversation. And I, and I'm like, I could have just looked that up on my own, but it's nice that I'm having a talk with my friend about it now. You know, and they gave me a heads up or whatever, and then I can go look it up later. And, dig into all the facts and whatnot, but you know, or, you know, Hey, did you hear so-and-so put a cool book out? Like their sketches? What? No. Awesome. You know, it's, there's something kind of nice about that human interaction that can get lost. And, you know, I love technology. Don't get me wrong. It is a wonderful, beautiful thing, but uh, you know, you don't want to lose that talking to people face to face, you know, that's, that's a very wonderful thing as well. (laughs) It is. And I miss it. I mean, I am happy for technology, too, because it's how we're talking to each other right now. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. how I keep in con- you know, it's like it's the reason I can keep in contact with friends and family who are not in California or who are not in the L.A. area, which is wonderful. But there is a lot to be said for, like you said, being able to be face to face and seeing them and watching their emotions and seeing how they act and respond you don't get that from the phone or text messages or email or Snapchat or whatever other apps are out there right now that I am not privy to because you have to be super hip. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I'm waiting for the moment where they're like, now we just have the chip in your brain. Be like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like Minority Report. Yeah. You just scan people's eyes like, and start showing ads everywhere. I'm good, I'm good with our current level <laughs> that, we, that we're at. It'll only increase from here. Yeah, I'm good. Because <laughs> I love it. I love, you know, I, ch- I use Facebook chat and inst- I love Instagram and I love Reddit so much. And I, you know, just, and just the internet in general. Like, I, I adore it, you know. So this is definitely not me knocking it, but. There's just something nice about, you know, don't forget you've got buddies that you can talk to face to face every now and Mm -hmm. then. (laughs) And don't forget that you have free time where you can daydream, you know, you don't have to fill it all up with constantly doing something. You can, you can take time to just like let your mind wander and you might come up with a really cool idea by doing that, that you make a film out of, you know, or a book or 
a comic or uh, a script, you know, it can be anything. This is absolutely true. So we, yeah. thank you so much <laughs> thank for being you. on the podcast today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. This is awesome. I'm so glad we finally got to work out a schedule. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're welcome to come back anytime. Yay. Especially if you got fun projects going on. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Oh, yeah. I do have a blog that I try to fairly, you know, regulate. So I, um, it's uh, louise-smythe.blogspot.com. I'm not on Tumblr because I, I don't know, I'm an old lady, I guess. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> you are so not but an old lady. I, yeah, I'm only 29. I'm, what am I, I'm sorry for anyone who's older than that. But I, uh, I just don't understand. Like, I love to look at other people's stuff, though, on Tumblr. So I might find you there. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I'm on Tumblr. There you go. So <laughs> and I probably post on Instagram occasionally, but that's my personal one. I might make a like an art account and maybe I'll send that to you. So, yeah, it'll make like a personal or an art Instagram. You have some art up there. It's I do. been really good. You did some things for Inktober. I did. That was or, fun. That was quite good. Inktober was a really fun challenge. Art. <laughs> I don't think I made it through the whole month. I think I, I didn't make it like the last 10 days or something. Oh, that's all right. It's just fun. Yeah, it's, it's a great. fun thing to do. You know, yeah. if you make the whole month great, if you don't, that's all right. Yeah, so you post something. like once a week. I heard like, you know, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, the, whole, the point is just to draw. And that concludes part two of my interview. Special thanks to Louise for being a wonderful guest. And you can find all of the links to her websites in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a positive review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more people to find out about the show. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and making a donation via PayPal. All of your donations help me to keep the show up and running. And make sure to support our affiliate sponsors, Amazon, Audible, Loot Crate, and Blueberry Podcast Hosting. Every time you click on those banner ads and make your regularly scheduled purchases, a little bit of money comes back to the show. So thank you to everyone who has supported our sponsors thus far. I greatly appreciate it. And to see what else is going on in the wonderful world of animation, as well as with the podcast, make sure to visit the Instagram and Twitter accounts. The handle for both is at AnimJourney. And also you can visit the Tumblr page at www.theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And you can also visit the Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. And to see what I've been up to, you can check out my handle, Sketchy Soul, available on all social media platforms. Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, website. If you type in Sketchy Soul, you will find me. So thanks again to everyone for listening. And as always, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody. Bye.